Hey, I'm Camille Joy, and I'm the host of the Moments of Joy podcast. This podcast is dedicated to super moms that don't always feel so super, trauma victims that need an example of how God will pull you through, and those of you that are looking for a little joy. When we go through really hard times, we often feel like nobody can relate. But here on this show, we keep it real in transparency, we keep it real in support, and we keep it real in love for mamas all over the globe. Welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange, mm-hmm. my day even start. Let your light shine. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. MVPs, I have to greet you like I do at the beginning of every single episode to say welcome back. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. We are in the second month of 2022, and I feel like I I always say to my friends, by the time we hit April, Uh, We might as well be saying Happy New Year all over again because the year just flies by. So I hope that you are being intentional about your time, Mom. And I hope that you are um, spending time for yourself, with yourself, giving yourself self-care, taking care of yourself mentally. Because the load of being a mother is heavy, right? Anybody raising teenagers out there? I have my hand in the air. Woo! Praying for those with teenagers today. Because motherhood is not easy. All right. This episode today, I wanted to share with you guys the afternoon of encouragement that we had. We had an afternoon of encouragement on um, last month at the end of the month. And it was so beautiful. Uh, We had special guests on that really talked about life with a child with a disability or a special need, and they shared resources, some of their best resources. It was just so good that I said, you know what, I'm going to make this a podcast episode. And so that will be the episode today, an episode of encouragement. Um, Even if you don't have a child with special needs, this episode is going to be amazing, and you should listen in. Don't forget, if you have not already booked your seat for Cancun, we're going to Cancun, moms. All the information is available at mojpodcast.com, but we want to invite you to travel with us. Come, come on the cruise. We're going to the Breathless Resort August 4th through the 7th, and we're traveling with moms only for a time of rest, relaxation, and fun. So you all come out and have an amazing time. Uh, Payment plans are available, and so, you know, come have a ball. All right, without further ado, Let's get into this week's episode of Encouragement for Families Raising Children with Special Needs. You said two things. You said this this is our story, right? Your, mm-hmm. your husband and then your children. And so for, for many of us, that is a struggle. So mm-hmm. I would love for you to give advice to those couples that are married and raising a child with special needs. Any Any advice on how to keep a strong marriage? Also... Um, how to get your other children to really still, you know, um, be engaged with their son 
for me, my son is four and, you know, Mason could care less, uh, you know, and so I kind of have to say, hey, don't forget your brother to the older ones because they'll just go about their life as teenagers too. So I would love to hear your advice, uh, both for marriage and for the siblings. Yeah, so the first thing as far as marriage, I think that marriage is such a foundation in any you know, marriage is so important. It lays that foundation for your kids, right? Like it's the first example of what they see is how to love and how to love someone um, and what to expect and different roles. And I think it's, it's just that building block. But I also think when you have a child with a disability or when you have children um, that have autism who don't quite understand all of those social cues, it's that much more important, right? Because it becomes, for me, you know, I look at our marriage more as a partnership. You know, you know, I, I see all the cute things floating around, but for us, we really look at it as a partnership, right? Like, uh, a, like, like a business partner, someone to invest in. You may not want to do it, but it's a choice. And we know that Drayden's better off with both of us than trying to maneuver back and forth because we've already thought about, you know, if we don't put this first, if we don't work on this, how would that look for Drayden? Will Drayden understand two households? Will he understand the roots? It's hard enough getting in a routine at one house, going back and forth. So for me, it's really, really investing in that marriage, right? Um, my counselor has taught me and my husband to make deposits into your marriage. So when you need to take a withdrawal, you have the money there, right? So keep depositing, you know, get those flowers, or, you know, do an extra kiss, you know, turn on a song and just turn it up and just dance to it. Really make those small deposits, you know, it, it's not feasible for everyone to do a road trip, you know, to be honest, last year was the first time me and my husband have taken a trip since Drayden's diagnosis and it was for one night and I was like, I need to go get my baby, you know, but the counselor said, you're, you're making a step, right? You're going to get there. You're not staying stagnant and saying, okay, well, I'm going to wait till he's 18. You're putting one foot out there. It didn't work. You didn't stay the whole weekend, but you did something, right? That's an investment into your marriage. Um, I'm a very outgoing. I love people. I love my community. That's really what thrives me. Um, and so really just staying connected to my husband and really in that way. And I say, um, get around like-minded people, get around other couples who have children with disabilities, because there's a certain connection that they get, right? They understand, you know, because Drayden Seven, he still sleeps with us, right? So most people go, like, oh, I could never do that. I need to be with my man. You know, that that's a different element. You have to get with people who understand where you are, so you don't constantly feel like you're having to defend your marriage, right? You know, my husband understands sometimes we're eating the ends of broccoli, Drayden's leftover mash, you know, chicken nuggets that he's bitten off of in the applesauce, right? Like that's, so I think for us, we are really around other couples that's like, you don't even need to explain, right? Like you're rejoicing, you're happy because Drayden, you know, went to the bathroom and he didn't do any screaming at the restaurant. They get it, right? Um, so I think that's really helped us is it takes that pressure off to try to mask or make it seem one way or another is really, really getting around couples who are, who have a point of reference and then realizing that foundation is so important for your child, you know, to be able to understand, you know, I used to always say 50-50, but it's not always 50-50, right? There's sometimes I only have 20 and I need him to do the 80, you know? And so Woo! I really tell people that all the time, when you have a child with special, special needs or disability, your marriage is not going to look like the next person. It's not going to follow mm. all the marriage cues, but that right. doesn't make your marriage any less valuable or invalid.
Listen, before you even get to the sibling part, wait, I was like about to cry. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mason will not get out our bed. I feel (laughs) so, I told you, see, every time you tell, say anything about your family, I'm like, me too. And I keep saying, you need to call (laughs) Dana. Oh my gosh. I don't even say that anymore because it literally sounds ridiculous. We got a bed, but he's like terrified to even sleep on it if he wakes up and i put him in it it's just like the end of the world um so to not even go there oh my gosh thank you for sharing that yes yes. that's why we need to hear stories from other parents because he's seven and still with you mason's four and a half and i can't get him out the bed so that whole you need to do a marriage segment that whole thing okay now let's get to the siblings (laughs) you helped me there Yes, yes. I, you know, I just feel so strongly about it. And I tell people all the time, we talk a lot about losing ourselves, but you can't lose that foundation, that marriage either, right? Like it's important to invest in ourselves, us to do our, you know, self-care, our girl talk, but you really have to stay connected because partnership, when you have a child with disability, especially the first six years, whew, you need a partner, right? Like the romance and all that stuff may not always be there, but you need a partner that is really committed to understanding and getting through this. And I always tell people, just get through this part. Just get through this part. You know, I say when Drayden turns seven, things really shifted. Like for me, I'm sleeping in his bed is really not even a priority for me anymore. You know, I have so many other things that I've learned to focus on. And, you know, me and my husband can still cuddle with him in there. We scoot him right on over when he falls asleep. And we just fall asleep like that. You know, we just make it work. Um, But I I just thank God for someone who has the same vision as me, right? Who wants to make an impact, who is committed to the marriage, who's committed to Drayden. And the ultimate commitment for Drayden is having a team. Um, But like I said, y'all, I talk about marriage all day. That is um, so beautiful. I mean... You just, yeah. you just helped. And I, and I'm glad I recorded this because I may turn it into a podcast episode or, or just, you know, make sure that I post, you know, little snippets because, oh, that was very helpful. Yeah, because like you said, we get stuck into like, you know, what it looks like on social media. But for us raising children with disabilities, it's not gonna sometimes look like that. It is mm-hmm. not, it's not a fair yeah. tale. <laughs> Yeah, because people will be like, well, just, you know, get a, get that sitter, go on that date night. And I'm, I tell people all the time, sis, our marriage will be much better if we, if he just goes to bed at eight o'clock tonight, <laughs> and we can just watch this movie and take a shower and fall asleep. Yes. Now I know it sounds good to go out. And I, you know, I do enjoy that. But I've also learned too, when you're raising a child with disabilities, seasons is so important. And there's a season mm-hmm. for everything. And one day we'll be in a season where that's our life, right? We're getting up, we're mm-hmm. traveling, we're doing this, and we're doing that. Just right now isn't the time. And I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. Like, we're not where we started off at three or four years ago. We're not where we want to be at the end, but we're moving. Right. right. We're taking strides. So, right. Yeah, I really believe in marriage or partnership is so mm-hmm. important when you have a child with a disability. Awesome. Thank you so much. And the siblings. Yeah. Oh, and then the siblings part, you know, Drayden's the youngest too. Um, and I think for me, what really has helped my kids is really educating them on autism. 
because I feel, feel like when people feel educated, they're empowered, right? They feel like they can speak up. They can speak to facts. I let them know whatever you've experienced with Drayden with his autism is valid. <laughs> whether you don't like his autism, where you feel like it makes it hard, whether wow. you love it because it makes him an individual. I tell them all the time, you know, I, I'm very careful of pushing positivity on them mm. because people, you know, autism is hard for me. Sometimes yes, I feel like, is. God, listen, we need to talk. Yeah. You know like, yeah. I know I'm a strong warrior for you, but this is getting to be a lot. So it's like I know as an adult with the years of experience I've had in um therapy that it's hard for me to navigate. So I know mm -hmm. as a child with limited life experience, limited vocabulary, limited emotional awareness, that you have to be a safe place for your child. Yeah. You know, I have one of my kids that said, I just don't like autism. You know, mm -hmm. it's frustrating that Drayton, you know, we can't go out to eat without Drayton hollering. And I hear you, right? Yeah. It's like, I hear past the point is, I know most people would hear like, oh, you're embarrassed of your brother, but that's not what it is. It's, mm -hmm. You just want Drayton to experience, you know, going out to eat the way you do. And I have to assure though, Drayton's having a good time. I said, he may have a moment where it's not fun, mm -hmm. but overall he's having a good time. And I said, the more that we take Drayden places, I said, that educates the people around Drayden. It educates the staff. And I said, Drayden deserves to be there just as much as anyone else. And I said, yeah. I want you to know that when Drayden asked that way, there's nothing that you could have done differently. There's nothing mm -hmm. that you need to do. There's nothing you need to fix. And I said, if people choose to stare, that is on them. Yeah, said, we can't control no one else but us. I said, well, we're still going to eat. We're still going to have right. a good time. I said, they just need to hurry up with Drayden's Pepsi refill. Okay. <laughs> Pepsi back. You know, I have one lady. She's like, well, I got him the water because he already had a cup of Pepsi. Ma'am, bring him another Pepsi, please. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> please right. bring him the Pepsi. I'm the mother. <laughs> I said. <laughs> and so I just tell them. And, you know, a lot of times it's trial and error, right? We had a big problem with food in the beginning because they were eating something different, right? Yeah. Because you know, with a family of seven, it's expensive to constantly eat out. So yeah. I do cook a lot at home. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a communication thing where they were upset because Drayden got to eat something different. So now yeah. we have a new rule where we have like this little tiny sampling cup, like the cup you would put like ketchup in. Mm -hmm. And whatever we're eating, I put a little piece of that in a cup for Drayden. Wow. And it's on his plate. Now he gets his special meal, whether it's his chicken nuggets, his hot dogs, his McDonald's. But before right. he can have that, he needs to at least taste what's in that cup. Whatever wow. else is happening. Look at so that. I know it might sound harsh to some people mm -hmm. here. I'm forcing mm -hmm. him. But A, it's right. a visual for my other kids to see I'm trying something. That's and then right. Drayden has surprised himself sometimes and actually likes what's in there. Mm. Um, so for me, it's one of those things where I'm I'm trying to manage both worlds. And you're never going to be able to get everything perfect, right? Right. But I know I've done my best. So that's our sort of rule. So if we're having chicken and broccoli, Darren will have his McDonald's before he can eat his McDonald's. And it's he's done it for so long. And we've done it, you know, through ABA. Um, he he even knows. He sometimes he looks at the cup and he's like, like he doesn't like soup at all, but he knows before he can eat that McDonald's. <laughs> so he'll just touch it with his tongue. Right. Okay? So right. <laughs> he's just done enough. And that's all I ask for, right? I don't try yes. to pick on I don't try to, oh, one more, one more. You do your part, I'm going to do my part, right? Right. And so the kids yeah. see like, okay, mom's trying. Drayden is attempting. And now that they're getting older, I explained there's a lot of difference. And I tell mm -hmm. them, I said, 
this difference will be forever, right? Like, yeah. Because just like I had to come to a realization that his autism wasn't just a short stint, they have to understand this is going to be forever. You know, as you learn to drive, there's going to be some things that Drayden, you know, Drayden may not drive. You know, I want them to understand that there's always going to be, um, you know, some type of lapse, and and but that's okay. And we just make the combinations, and we get Drayden in, you know, where he fits in. But to me, that's been the biggest thing is empowering them and educating them, and then validating their experiences. Yeah, that's really good. That was really good. Um, so the last question I have for you is what has been one of the greatest resources for you? Hmm. I think the greatest resource is, um, the YMCA has been really good. Um, they have swim classes, they have little leagues, they have everything based on a sliding scale. And then I know the one here locally, they have their own camp. So in the summertime, they have uh, peer partners and peer partners are so beautiful to me because they all have some type of disability. Um, wow. And I think that's so important. Um, it's over the summer, they have canoeing and hiking and basketball and they have celebrities come. And it's, it's just a whole thing. And then I love it because it's inclusive for the whole family. So it's mm -hmm. for the child with a disability and the siblings, right? Right. It, it comes with respite care and it's just a break. I know they're safe. They're being cared for. They're having a good time. And it's one time where they're able to have, Drayden's having a quote unquote therapy, but the other siblings are being a part of it. And Drayden is around kids that are like him. And the other, my other kids are around other siblings that have a sibling with a disability. So I would wow. say that um, YMCA has been a big resource. They have a lot of programs, swimming, swimming lessons are so important. I stand on that soapbox and tell people, get in there. Our children are attracted to water. They love those water activities. Let's make sure they're safe. Um, yeah. At least they can stay afloat until we get there. So yeah. that's a whole nother conversation for another day that I could talk about too. And my other resources is your actual community. Mm -hmm. Get inside your community. I know they mm -hmm. may have a fit. I know they may be loud. I know they may have a meltdown, but your community needs to know your child. God forbid the day we don't outlive them. I know people go, oh, Drayden's here. And even when we get to Target, they're like, oh, there's Drayden's cart. They, they wow. get our cart and they know us at the Target. They know us at the library. Drayden's probably the loudest one who comes through that library, but they know Drayden. And it's so important for me to have him be in the community because it teaches people, like before I had Drayden, I didn't know about meltdowns, right? Right. So I only learned because it's been my life experience. And when sometimes we got to make other people uncomfortable. So, you know, I, I just really feel like we have to take advantage of our communities. Let's not, and also too, we need a break. So let's come out there. Let's be in these communities. Let's show up to the beach, show up to the pool, go to your rec center, really um, allow yourself and your child the opportunity to be in that community. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I was writing it down because I'm going to quote you later on that YMCA in the community. So thank yeah. you so much because, you know, what we know other parents don't know, you know? Yeah. And um, I remember hearing you speak about the YMCA, but um, having you speak about the community is amazing because I don't bring him out to the library and through the community. So that's something I'm going to do. So Dana, thank you so much for joining today and being the first one, my sister. And I will be giving you a call just to talk more. I always say that, but um, definitely I will. <laughs> All right. Thanks and it's a pleasure to hear you. To keep listening. Yes. Thank you so much.
All right. So next we have Michael and Shamika. Are you guys there? Hello. I am recording this. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you all so much for coming. Uh, we are recording and I am taking clips of people and posting it to social media and um just sharing and I'll share clips of it on my page at a you know later time but I'm so thankful for you all taking time out of your day to come and encourage parents. You all are amazing. Um, Michael and Shamika um, gifted Mason gifts through their foundation. I had the pleasure to meet Shamika, oh my gosh, in person. What a beautiful soul. Michael, you are blessed. I have such an amazing wife. I won't go there because I'll get teary-eyed and we both (laughs) be crying on the live, but man, I felt like I knew her. The privilege was definitely all mine. What an honor it is to be associated with you, to get to know you, to be around you. And can I just say, I am a groupie. I am a, you, yes, you, but Drayton, I've been a groupie. I have loved following you. This is amazing. So this is such an honor to be here with everyone here today. Thank you for considering us. Thank you for thinking of us. And we really appreciate you. Absolutely. I love Dana and Drayton as well. Yes, absolutely. This is beautiful. All right. So I'm going to get you into your question for the day. So will you tell us a little bit about your child and um, about yourself? Okay. Well, our child, his name, he is Michael L. Johnson Jr. And unfortunately, he passed away seven and a half years ago. So um, this is the reason why we ended up uh, starting the foundation, the Michael L. Johnson Jr. Foundation. Um, about three years ago, we started it. And um, basically, our son was uh, diagnosed with the on the spectrum of, of autism at the age of what was it around three or four, three. about three, three. yeah, three. So um, that's when uh, we, we received the diagnosis. And uh, at the time, we didn't know anything about autism. Um, there, there weren't really um, too many, uh, wasn't a lot of resources available at the time because um, he would be turning 21 this year. And that happened, um, you know, like I said, about when he was three years old. So um, I know there's a, it's a, a lot more resources available today, but uh, we'll, we'll share a little bit of what we were able to tap in at the time. And my wife will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just say this. Our diagnosis with JR, I, well, he called him Mike Jr. I called him Jr. He has so many names that he would answer to. So, <laughs> but, but for me, um, with getting Jr.'s diagnosis, uh, of course, as a mom, I knew something was different. He was the last of four. So he just picked up a little slower than I expected, you know, and I was just like, something's going on. I don't know what it is, but let's get him some speech therapy to help him move along. And that kind of was the biggest eye opener to me, knowing that something was wrong. Dad did not want to accept it. Love you, babe. Dad did not want to accept it. He 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 was straight up in denial about it. He's like, nope, nope. He's just this. He's just that. And I'm like, no, something is going on. So to be able to get the diagnosis, of course, is scary. It is terrifying initially. It is like, what what did I do wrong? And that's the first thing that I feel like the moms do 
is we say, where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? And then we kind of just have to lean into whatever our faith is. We have to give it up to God, whoever you believe in, the earth, whatever. You have to have some kind of safe space that is going to allow you to clear your mind so that you can be present and accounted for, for your child, that you are their biggest advocate. They can't necessarily speak for themselves. So you have to be all of that. So with the diagnosis, it was, it was stumbling for us initially because, again, I think the only person I knew that had a child with autism at the time was Holly Robinson Peak. And wow. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. I'm not a megastar. So what is what is that going to do for me then? Like, how how will my child make it through? So that was pretty much our diagnosis period, just trying to figure out how do we move forward. Wow. How do you move forward? You guys, you guys said a lot um, already. And I love that both of you are here. Um, and as I'm looking at Michael's shirt, I got to hear the story behind the pineapple. Um, so would you share that with us? story why don't you tell me yes, yes. <laughs> okay well the story behind the pineapple our son was uh um he was uh, probably one of the number one fans of spongebob so that was his favorite show um that's what he liked to watch and if he had spongebob on he was in his his own little world and he was good he was good to go so you put spongebob on and he's good so um that's basically where the pineapple came from and then of course with the puzzle pieces, it represents the autism. Um, so that's kind of where that uh, originated from. And my wife came up with the design itself. So uh, I did. I did. And you know, the pineapple is a universal welcome symbol as well. So I really wanted it to profoundly speak to those affected by autism, whether it is a mom or dad or sibling. You you really want to. It, it's almost like to me, it's like a beacon. It shines out to everybody. Hey, we're here too if you need us. We're here too if you need us. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just I'm looking at you guys and I'm like, wow, it's so amazing that in the flesh, right? Michael is no longer here, but he's here. Like you, like he's here, and like you're telling us about him. You guys are honoring him. We know him. So uh, to me, that is just so dope. That's amazing. Thank and he's you. living on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And I think truly that is um i have to give all the praise to my husband for that because he was the biggest advocate he said babe i, I want to do a foundation in his name it was very important to him not to forget him not that his immediate family would ever forget him um but it was very important for his name to live on to him and of course once he shared that with me i was like oh i'm all in what, what, what we need to do, what do we need mm -hmm. to do? And it's been, it's truly been so rewarding. Um, when Mike Jr. did pass away, we saw so much representation um, in the community. Um, I know Dana had shared about the community. It is amazing what your community can be. Wow. I mean, we were amazed by the people that came up to us at his funeral and say, I look forward to seeing him every day. He was in an after school program um, on a reservation. So every day he would get dropped off there. Security guards knew him by his name. Lifeguards at the pool. Everybody knew Michael. So I, I could totally relate to Dana when she shared about Drayton. And it's so true because what you don't know is sometimes when they're in that element, they can be in harm's way. But because your community knows your child, your community will speak for you, which wow. is amazing. Absolutely mm -hmm. amazing.
So being able to start the foundation has truly been something for us to pour ourselves into our family as well. Um, our daughter does sign language once a week for the foundation, which is amazing that we love to share on social media, but truly I have to give it up to Mike Senior for putting us, putting us forward and on the path. And I love that you're saying that you, you can feel Michael's presence. You know who okay. Michael is now because we had no idea that everyone knew him like we knew him. Yeah. And just to hear you say that means so much. And it, it means that what we put our foot, our best foot forward to is actually coming to fruition. So we appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, as yesterday or the day before I was doing research on the mental health of uh, parents raising children with special needs. Um, and so would you give any tips that you have on taking care of yourself and protecting your mental health, you know, on those days where you really feel like I can't even, I can't take this anymore. Oh, you want to take that first? Sure. Um, <laughs> well, basically what we've done um, in the past and we still do now, um, you got to take the time, some time away from, you know, dealing with your child, try to get, get a babysitter or wherever you can, mm -hmm. you can find that, um, that you feel comfortable and, and that the, your child's going to be safe with. And just take some time out for yourself and go out to dinner or just spend some time reading a book or watching TV, whatever. Just, just take a few minutes away from your daily, you know, um, regimen. And, you know, and now as, you know, we, we have adult children now. And so we're, uh, we're empty nesters now. So, <laughs> We, we we do a lot so when we're not working with the foundation we go out we go out and eat we go out and we, we're traveling around the country around the world actually <laughs> so right. uh yeah so you just got to take the time for yourself and you know just you know to relax and and get a little breathing in there you know so that that would be my uh the best advice that i can give to parents um is just take some time from yourself and you know and it's, it's sort of like a um a refresher for yourself so basically yeah yes and i know that um camille i know you've shared about affirmations i think they are crucial um sometimes we need something positive to look at um even though jr is no longer with us i still feel sometimes that the angst of what has to happen next or what do i have to mm -hmm. do now and even with the loss you know it's still a lot to deal with in in general so mm -hmm. affirmations are very very important i've been um, blessed enough to be able to be a part of a book called soulful affirmations which, which is an anthology plug plug wow so, <laughs> this is great um if you wanted to just take a sneak peek on our um social media every day uh, the story goes up and the story of the day is the affirmation from this book inside of the book it will tell more about go more in depth into that affirmation and what that particular writer was feeling which is absolutely amazing sometimes we just have to hold our head up even though we don't want to sometimes we just have to pick it up because number one we never know who's watching but at the same time we have to take that time to reset as michael said it's very very important because running yourself to the point of no return is just not healthy. So you have to take those moments to say, okay, let me take a breath. Let me take a breath. Maybe it is a movie. Maybe it is a pedicure and a mani. You know, whatever works for you. And guys, that's for you too. My husband will go with me to go get a pedi and a mani. Yes. <laughs> I love it. it See, you didn't know you needed it. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So I I wrote that book down to look up and and um, definitely share. Um, and, and I want to since 
we are right there speak about um what was one of the one or two of the greatest resources for you in raising michael for us i'd have to say um and i and trust me i know everybody's story is going to be different on this particular one but for us our number i have to say two um first was our daycare um it was a with a lady by the name of tammy ganey she was phenomenal she worked with him before he was officially diagnosed and she just really leaned into his strengths um and when she couldn't do no more she made sure to get us to where he needed to go um following that um when we were in connecticut we're in florida now but when we were in connecticut our board of education the special education division was top-notch wow. it was phenomenal and sometimes um we don't really lean into all resources that can be available for us mm -hmm. um, sometimes it can be just because of things that we've heard in the past sometimes it can be the fact that well i don't want anybody to know like you're ashamed but you shouldn't be because it is what it is and so you need to do what's best for your child and our board of education was just phenomenal phenomenal and we again we were at another stepping stone where we had an awesome teacher for jr that got him to where he could where she could and then wanted to outsource another um educational facility that she thought would be better for him and when i tell you her the the school psychologist and a couple of the paras they went to tour these other schools because wow. they wanted to make sure that it was going to work for him in his educational environment you know we could have wow. done that but i think we'd have different eyes we're just the parents you know mm -hmm. they know from the day to day with working with him in class they knew what he would need um the aac device i mean he would work aac at school and that's when for me i feel like it was just coming into prevalence um at home he was like yo i worked already today i'm not doing that at home no Put <laughs> on, give me my cars give me my books and uh -huh. it's a night <laughs> you know so that was fine but we loved that they set that up for him and he ended up uh being in the learn um the learn education program in connecticut at lily b haynes elementary and it was wow. it was wonderful it was absolutely wonderful i wouldn't trade anything in this world for what god gave us with that situation wow that's beautiful thank you so much you gave us a lot just no like problem. dana i told dana i'm gonna quote you you guys and share your resources um i don't know that just came to me because what we know to do other people don't know to do you know correct we may not i would have never thought about really the board of education and the special education department as being a resource yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. yeah or the daycare teachers but they mason's daycare teacher is actually how i found out he had a um delay i was in denial <laughs> yeah and they said and they said uh you know they they told me once and i was like no he's okay and they told me again and i said all right i'll let him get <laughs> tested right and, and i just i just want to um tip my hat to dana with regards to the water too jr was an avid lover of wow. water he just absolutely adored it to the point one time we were at the community center at a baby shower i turned my head just to make his plate i turned literally right back couldn't find him wow. went through the com community center to find him and just stopped took a breath i said he's at the pool 
I mm. went straight to the pool. My child was in the pool water. Lifeguard was with him because wow. she knows him. She said, hold on, let's just get on your floaties. And he had on his jean shorts. She had taken off his shoes. Wow. So <laughs> but the water was his pee spot. And, and I totally agree with that. So parents, if you are not utilizing water to your edification, you are missing out you are definitely missing out. So definitely great, great tip. I love it. Any last words of encouragement that you want to give the parents? Um, just stay positive, stay positive. I know it, you know, at times it seems like there's no answers for your child to, to get them the help that, that you want them to have and the, and the resources that you want them to have, just keep trying. Just keep searching, um, you know, talk to other parents, um, tune into podcasts like what we're on today and, you know, get the information because, you know, it's it's out there. It's, there's a lot more information available now, which is wonderful, you know, wonderful thing. Um, but but stay positive. Um, pray if, if that's what you do, you know, uh -huh. do things that uh, meditate or whatever is, is, is going to help you out and, you know, just try to, you know, like Dana was saying, share it with the community. Make sure that everybody knows about your child and knows of your child, you know, what they are experiencing as far as the autism. Um, so they, they got to be aware of that, you know, so. I agree. And I'll, I'll just add that um, just remember through all of this, you were chosen. So it's not something you can't handle. It's just something that's going to make you stronger. It's going to be something that's going to make you lift your head higher. It's going to be something that's going to make you laugh sometimes when you're in the grocery store and somebody's looking at your child like they have three heads. <laughs> you're going to look back at them and you're going to be like, you're not blessed like this, though. You're not blessed like this. Right. And you just keep your head up and you keep moving because that child is yours. That child is a beacon of light again to where, you know, sometimes you wonder why and then there's those times when you're snuggling and it's so good because they want you to touch them today that it's worth it wow thank you so much that was so beautiful i'm looking forward to you know sharing these clips and and thank you guys for taking time out of your busy schedule to come today and encourage absolutely ask anything for camille anything oh thank camille. you so much yes <laughs> And yes. uh, next time you come to Florida, I'll get to meet you. Yes. <laughs> yep, I'll be back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much. So next we have Amanda, but I don't know if um she got the memo. So I'm gonna fill in for her. I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in and I'm gonna um take her spot. Um so I am going to give a list of all the resources that I know and have learned for Mason over this past one year. Um, and so I have speech therapy. Mason received speech therapy at his ABA center. Um, that brings me to the next resource, ABA therapy. <laughs> now, ABA therapy can be scary because uh, there is a lot of negative um, past research that has been done. Adults who are autistic now, 
they've grown up and really not had positive things to say about ABA therapy, but the way they do ABA therapy today is completely different. It's a lot like daycare. It's play-based, um, and when you are looking for an ABA therapy center, look for the things that you want to see. Is it play-based? Do they bring the kids outside? You know, what do they believe? Ask questions, and then also look at the reviews on Amazon. You can, I mean, not Amazon, Google. You can check the reviews <laughs> on Google and um, find out what other parents had to say about this center um, so that you get more reviews. Also check their Facebook reviews uh, because sometimes people leave reviews there. So ABA therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy as well really helped Mason. Um, this helps children to become more mobile. Mason's very active already, so he's jumping around really all over the place all day. But occupational therapy really helps him to be able to learn to feed himself because he doesn't use um, utensils the correct way yet. Um, he's four now, so really around four, he started showing interest in it. Before, it was like, I want to use my hands, so I let him just eat like that, or I would feed him. But now, as he's getting older, I want him to feed himself um, and not use his hands, so we're trying. And, and occupational therapy is also given to him at the ABA Therapy Center. So now Mason's four. He doesn't go to pre-K, um, so it's important to check the laws where you live, and that way, uh, the laws for special needs parents or disability parents, that way you know what you're allowed to do in your state. So I found out that he didn't have to go to pre-K. He really doesn't have to go to be enrolled in school um, at all. I could keep him out under homeschool and have him go to ABA therapy. So because ABA therapy was so positively um, impactful for us, I decided to keep him there. So we had a time period where we tested it. Uh, Mason was in ABA therapy full-time from 9 to 5.30. And then we lost the insurance. Uh, my husband switched jobs and we got another insurance. Well, the ABA therapy center only took Blue Cross Blue Shield. So I had a time period where Mason was home and I was going to put him back in pre-K. And, and it was miserable for him and for us. He cried all day long and I was like okay I can't do this I am not you know I tried I put the schedule up I was trying to be the say oh mom that was the teacher I didn't have it in me so I was like we got I gotta do whatever I have to do I was looking for grants to see who could get him back into ABA therapy and then we just decided I contacted an insurance provider and then we pay cash now for Mason only to still get that Blue Cross Blue Shield while we're on other insurance because this is what um, was going to help him to get ABA therapy. So now he's back in from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And, and it makes life at home so much more easier. So they work on whatever we want to work on because we're all a team, right? That's, that's a part of his community. So we're working on brushing his teeth home because he hates brushing his teeth. They're working on it too. He hates the vacuum cleaner. I just told his BCBA, so that's his really the leader of his um, team. Uh, they'll give him a BCBA that will translate what he needs to the therapist. And so 
He hates the vacuum. The other day I was vacuuming and he went into a whole huge meltdown that lasted forever. And I was like, well, I know he was scared, but now this is something different. He's terrified of the uh, vacuum cleaner. So they're going to vacuum. They're going to work on tolerating the sound there to help. He also is newly scared of getting a haircut. So his hair looks crazy right now, but that's okay. I'm like, what are we going to do? Because he's going to flip out. When we go there, he learned what it looks like. We went to another one, and he's just terrified of the sound. So they are also, I'm frozen, they're also going to work on um, the, they're also going to work on that sound there. So they brought like a mock-up cam, uh, a mock-up set of buzzers that makes the sound clippers and um they're gonna work on that so those things aba therapy is like that's why i'm always like aba therapy get go to aba therapy i mean it really worked for us it helped it it really helped um so sleep a resource for for sleep and even a uh, diagnosis as a neurologist we we brought mason to a neurologist um because in texas they need different kinds of diagnosis. I'm from Connecticut where um, he got diagnosed through birth to three services because he was two years old But um, when he got diagnosed. But they don't accept that in Texas. You need to be diagnosed by either their program here or a neurologist. So we took him to a neurologist to get re-diagnosed. And there they also tested him for seizures because he was sleep. He wasn't sleeping at night. So I didn't know that sleepless nights can be a seizure. So, you know, they came to the home and they put the wires on his head and wrapped him up and gave him a little book bag. They gave us two cameras to put in the home and they watched him for 72 hours. And um, that was the test. And he didn't have any seizures. But the, these things, you you wouldn't even know um, if you never went to a neurologist. <laughs> And so they also can prescribe medication for sleep or hyperactivity. They they also diagnose for ADHD, uh, which Mason's too young for right now because he's only four, but I have my eye on it because he's really hyperactive. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. He's on the counters. He's on the table. He, he will get up on the refrigerator if we didn't catch him fast enough. <laughs> um, so... Um, Let's see, what else do we have? So I have um, speech, OT, ABA, sleep. He has a personal care assistant now. That's also covered through Medicaid. Um, I, I, out of desperation, I found this out. And out of desperation, I found a lot of the resources out. Uh, but I was calling a nanny. Um, no, I called 211 to ask about respite care and Unfortunately, here in the state of Texas, insurance only covers 16 hours a year of respite care. So, okay, that's not really useful. I still called the place that they gave me to see if they could um, provide respite care and we would pay. And there, the woman told me, well, have you ever heard about a personal care assistant? No, I hadn't. And so... I started to research it and found out that our insurance covers 16 hours a week. So um, no copay. So the woman will come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, 
from um, 3.30, she'll meet me here to 7.30. So, you know, I just train her on what I have a schedule posted and I train her on what I want her to do with Mason. You know, it's a new person in your home. So at first I was like, this is not gonna work. What was I thinking? But <laughs> but now I'm learning, okay, I have to teach her. I have to tell her, you know, um, she's more of, you know, treating Mason like um, a student. So I had to tell her, you know, you're coming in his home. You know, we don't need you to be a teacher. We want you to be a friend. We want him to be like, oh, Maggie's here. Not, oh, no, Maggie's here. <laughs> so we don't want him to be triggered. And, like, he has so many rules, but, like, he's gaining a friend. So you need patience with that one, um, per, with the personal care assistant. Also, pull-ups. We learned that incontinence supplies can be covered through insurance if your child is over three years old and not yet potty trained. Insurance will cover once a month pull-ups, wipes, and um, bed sheets to come to your house. And we don't run out. So it's a good supply and it's to be compared to overnight. So it is good quality. Um, and so I found out about that one from another parent as well. And it was hard to get all of these resources are right. You have to advocate. Um, the personal care assistant actually took about five months to get. Just because the insurance gives you a nurse. I was, you know, having issues communicating with the nurse. I had to call her supervisor. And her supervisor really got us all the resources that we needed. And she's the one that pushed for the, the pull-ups too. But then I was like, okay, how do you get them? She's like, call the doctor. You need a prescription. The doctor's like, no, it's the insurance. So I said, you know what? I'm calling the uh, the medical supply company. So I called and they took care of it. So you have to advocate. It, it is annoying sometimes to have to continue to knock on the same door. But it's like if one door doesn't open, you just go to another one. And, you know, you may have to loop around and get creative. But uh, these things are available. And unfortunately, the insurance company isn't going to give you a list of things that are covered. Um, you just have to figure it out. And so half of the things that I'm mentioning are covered through Medicaid as well. ABA therapy is really the only one that only is covered by that private insurance in Texas. I'm not sure about other states, uh, but ABA therapy is not covered by Medicaid here in Texas. Medicaid is something uh, that even if you're like, you know, we don't need Medicaid. Mason wasn't on Medicaid for a long time, um, but you do. If your child has a disability and you're not a millionaire, I'll say, right? <laughs> There's something called the disability waiver list, right? And in some states it's called the Medicaid waiver list. and um, there's a waiting list for it here in Texas. The waiting list is 13 years. I'm looking at the screen and not y'all faces. <laughs> um, here in Texas is 13 years, but it is 10 to $50,000 that is available for your child to receive funds until they pass away off of this earth for funds like shoes. I was looking it up. For car repair, prayer, some people have wheelchairs and you need to be able to put your ch 
child in the van, it covers that. It covers when your child is older and, you know, sometimes people have to put their children in living facilities or daycares. Um, as adults, it covers that. It stays with them until they pass away. Um, it covers horseback riding therapy, aquatic therapy, all these wonderful therapies that many of us don't know about, but you can get all of those information, all of those resources by calling 211. And I know Dana, she's in Virginia. Her wait, waiting list in Virginia was only six months um, versus terrible Texas. Her <laughs> 13 years. But I know that she was able to receive that for Drayden. Um, and so, yes, 211 is my last resource. But my favorite, I'm always talking about 211 because I've used it for everything. My oldest son is 20 years old now. He doesn't have a disability. But when my children were younger, I called them for daycare. Um, I called them to find daycare home providers. Sometimes they give you um, ratings on the provider. Like if someone called to make a complaint about the provider, you would never know. But they'll give you, um, you know, they'll give you that information. Housing. Um, I found out about housing opportunities when my children were smaller and I was younger. I also have domestic violence background. So even when I was trying to escape, I called 211 for a domestic violence shelter and they led me to one. So even to now when Mason and disabilities, I call for everything. If I don't know, they know what number to give you. Go ahead, Dana. Camille, I want to be respectful of time, but yeah. I just wanted to jump in for any replays. The waiver is for your child to build the lifestyle that you want for your child. So it's not about you. It is for your child, and it lasts the duration of their lifetime. For us, we have the waiver. We're in the process of buying a home, and we want to get an in-ground pool put in, and we can use that waiver money for that because Drayden can do his therapies there. He's going to probably live there for a very long time. Um, and so I want to let people know it is more than just doctor visits. Um, Drayden goes to this nature school. He likes being outside. I'm not an outdoors person. So it is good because it covers that tuition of that nature school, the pine cones, all that type wow. of stuff, the boots, all that type of stuff they do. So I really tell parents, um, really look into that, build the life for your child, whatever their special interests are, whatever they really like doing, um, use those funds. Drayden is a sensory speaker like we spoke about. It covers those sensory bins, those activities, the shaving cream, the the bead balls, the, the jungle gyms. The, we have a huge, big uh, swing in the house that holds up to 350 people. Um, wow. All those big equipments, those toys, those things that you may want. Drayden has a special car seat because his superpower is getting out the seat and tapping me on the shoulder. Um, but yes, I tell parents all the time, so I'm going to be respectful of time, but I just want to let parents know the waiver is not just for appointments or therapies. It's for you to build the lifestyle for your child, helps you expand your care team. Maybe they don't accept Medicaid, um, but the waiver will allow you, it looks in here in Virginia, it can also be served as like uh, out-of-pocket pay. So piano lessons, saxophone, whatever you're interested in. So I'm going to mute my mic because I want to be respectful, but I just wanted to add Thank that. you, Dana. Thanks for adding that. <laughs> this is going to have a lot of golden clips to share. <laughs> Woo, I didn't even know half of that. So thank you so much. All right, Rome Johnson is in the building. We have another set of Johnsons here today, Rome. You guys might be cousins down the line. We, you know what? Every every Johnson that is black or maybe not black, I'm sure we are related in some way, somehow. Yes. Whether it been 
same plantation or, or whatever. Like That's anytime right. I hear Johnson, I'm like, we probably are like 14 times distant cousins or whatever. That is so funny. Thank you so much for coming on. It is an honor. I love your baby girl. Um, she is a celebrity. <laughs> and so it is an honor to have you on today. Um, so would you take the time to just let us know a little bit about, well, as much as you want, about your daughter and about yourself and your wife in her absence? Yeah. Um, okay. So my daughter, her name is Callie Joy. So just really quick story. We found out that for, let me see. So for 37 weeks of my wife's pregnancy, um, everything standard, nothing happened. Then finally one day she just gets this um, notification from the doctor, like, oh, you have extra amniotic fluid. It could be a whole bunch of different things. So at this point, like, we have no idea what's going on. We go test again. And then they start telling us that, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like those choice words the doctor uses. It's like, there might be something wrong with your baby. Um, and so, you know, that statement, for one, stuck with both of us, you know, the whole wrong with your baby thing. Because now as um, Callie was born, Callie was born with a rare genetic syndrome called Pfeiffer syndrome. Um, which is like one in a hundred thousand, but we're out in Seattle and it's just interesting. There's like eight kids in our area that have Pfeiffer syndrome. So for it to be one in a hundred thousand, like, I just don't understand why so many people are here. Uh, so with that being said, um, Pfeiffer syndrome causes facial difference. So right away, um, my daughter's skull was hardened instead of like having all those soft spots, um, which causes all these complications because if your brain and your head don't have any space to grow, it could cause, you know, all this pressure, blindness, uh, brain, basically the, um, like her brain dead, going brain dead. And so she's had to have quite a few surgeries. Um, she spent the first five and a half of her month, excuse me, five and a half months of her life in Seattle Children's Hospital, um, where it was, it was really hard because, you know, as we are finding out two weeks before she was born, that there were any complications, you know, and then we had no idea that we would be literally like from, she was born on like a Thursday, four hours later, I was in an ambulance with her to go to children's hospital. Wasn't expecting that. Um, my wife lost quite a bit of blood during her pregnancy. And so she had to stay at the hospital and um, basically, <clears throat> excuse me, basically like Callie's journey it like really started in the most hectic way. She came out, she wasn't breathing. Now the doctor, they, you know, told us that there was something wrong with our baby um, who was also like very inappropriate in other uh, aspects of that appointment. She didn't tell us any diagnosis. She didn't tell us anything. So we actually had to switch hospitals. We had to do all this research ourselves um, with the new hospital, which University of Washington, like, like saved my, my baby's life because they told us right away and we had to have the hard conversation. If she's not breathing when she comes out, what do we do? We're like, save her, do do anything and everything you can to save her. So, um, you know, she was in the hospital. She's had like 17 surgeries, just turned two years old on the 16th of January. So she is doing all those things that they said that she wouldn't do. Um, she is nonverbal still. There's some uh, vocal cord uh, complications that we're working through and she's about to have another her third uh, major surgery on her head which is going to be complete 
uh, facial reconstruction. So she will look different after it. But uh, my baby is just the the happiest, sassiest little two-year-old. And a little about me, it, so I work in social media full-time at Microsoft and then part-time um, lifestyle dad creator. Uh, my wife works at University of Washington full-time, part-time. She's uh, our YouTube family creator. So between all of that and and Callie and making sure we have everything she needs, we're busy, 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 busy. So not much time for for much else, but but that little girl runs our household and I'm okay with that. I bet she does. <laughs> she is a little superstar and I love how you guys dress her up so beautifully. Thank you. She's a baby doll. Um, but just to hear your story, I know so many parents um, with medically fragile children can relate and um, you know, it shows your strength. And so I wanna tap into how you guys are able to maintain um, your strength mentally. I was doing research this week and I asked some of the parents that are on um, because the numbers of parents who suffer from anxiety and depression are far above numbers of typical children when you have a child with a special need or disability. So can you um, share with us some tips of what you do to maintain your strength and maybe what other parents can do? Yeah, so I'll I'll keep it 100 for for the one thing. Um, It took me, and you know, I said she just turned two, it took me 22 months to get here. Um, My wife and I, again, just, it was the shock of, of how things transpired, just of us finding out, you know, not only like what her needs will be, but then actually seeing the surgeries and seeing them afterwards and and not having nursing support or not a lot of nursing support just because there's a shortage everywhere. And so I think that, and I I do want to say this one thing too. So I actually, um, so I have my own disability. I have a um, invisible liver disease and I have Crohn's disease. So I think a lot of that, managing that, caregiving, managing everything happening with Kalia, it put me in the spiral. And unfortunately, um, I didn't feel a lot of support from the areas that I needed the support, um, you know, work included. Right. And I think what I learned, um, you know, I was in therapy, helped. Um, I actually switched to a therapist that has more of a uh, medical background. She's a nurse practitioner. Um, is where she got her um, experience. And so so she fully understands some of the emotions that, you know, as parents we're going through. And what her and I really like focused on was the response. It's just like, you know, kind of to quote her, you know that something tragic may happen, um, something non-ideal may happen, but it's like, how do you respond when it happens? So we've been practicing different breathing exercises um, because my anxiety is through the roof. Um, not only, you know, is my body fighting itself and I don't have much control of my body, um, but like trying to navigate like just the anxiety of of everything else. I've been really tapping into like essential oils, candles for aromatherapy. Um, but it's it's starting to warm up a tiny bit here in Seattle, but you know, for the most part, our November through March or November through May actually is rainy season. And so it's cold, it's dark. So there's not really much to go outside and do, especially with us being in a pandemic with Cali. So yeah. yeah, with that being said, I just am trying to find little things every single day to keep my mind engaged and to keep me strong. 
Um, and one last thing I would say, I have this uh, whiteboard that is right in front of my bed and next to my desk that I write something on it every single day. Uh, and it's just an emotion or a feeling. It kind of sets the tone. So, you know, one time I wrote, give yourself grace. And I left it up there for two weeks because I needed that constant reminder. Um, Cause I feel like that's the one thing we don't do as medical parents is we don't give ourselves grace to know that for one, it's okay for us to feel all these emotions, but two, like we need to, you know, in our mind, we, we need to have things so figured out. And so like on point on schedule, and it's like, sometimes we need to take a step back and tell ourselves like, Hey, it's okay to be emotional at this moment. It's okay to take our time. So that's what I would say. That, that is beautiful and so relatable. <laughs> I mean, I, I wrote down the essential oils because the other day, I remembered that I had a roll, a roller of essential oil, and I just took the lavender, I put it in my hand, and I was sitting there sniffing. And Mason has a personal care assistant. I was like, "Don't mind me, but it's because of the anxiety." So I, I'm just so glad to hear somebody else talk about it. Yep. Um, and and in hearing, I wasn't therapy and I'm not anymore but in hearing that I understand how much of a necessity it is to receive therapy Dana also spoke about it you know and it and it is a real thing for us you know yes. we have so many other things going on and then add our child right yes who we want the best for and who we just you know it's an, I wish there was such an easier way to connect our medical community of parents you know and even kids because some of the kids like like we call it with the other Pfeiffer syndrome kids, we call them her syndrome, syndrome siblings. So it's like, you're, you're going to be tied to them. We're going to be tied to the parents. And so it's like, there should be an easier way where we all can help troubleshoot. If you, if you're out of nursing care, you know, and we got, you know, we got the extra time we can help, or if you need supplies, yeah. we've already done it. We've mm -hmm. had all these extra supplies and we've sent them to a whole other family because they needed them. They're reusing mm. supplies. Wow. And like that support system, people don't talk about right right and and what we talked about earlier was the biggest uh community is that of uh, each other right the yeah. other parents because the half of what i know i learned from more than half of what i know probably all of it came from another parent yep and hearing their story um and so what what has been the greatest resource uh for your you or your daughter um that you have had so far you know literally it's been social media and we had we had the talk of because again, so I, I work in social media, so I know how to at least um, like expand reach enough, and like you know, there's different tactics to reach certain people enough. And so, long story short, we had the talk of you know our baby has a facial difference. You know, the odds of her getting bullied are higher, mm -hmm. um, and we're like, do we want to you know open this up? Do we want to post about her because you know, we're going to face all this stuff. And again, we thought about what that doctor said, mm. there's something wrong with your baby. And that was the moment where we're like, there's nothing wrong with our child. My, my child has a syndrome, but there is nothing wrong with my child. Let's be real. And let's, mm -hmm. and then, so basically we started posting about her and showing that, Hey, we came up with this thing that we're not going to let the diagnosis define us. And yeah. so regardless of whatever, you know, syndrome condition these kids have, we're going to live to the, to their ability. Um, and we're going to talk about it and we're going to showcase it and doing that other medical dads and other medical moms reached out to me 
and you know during dms were like hey i've been going through this it's been a dark place and i had no one else to turn to and seeing you guys do it has been inspiration to me so like that's been my driving factor is now to help people and to connect with people and just like when i saw your post i'm like hey what anytime whatever you need and i can do it i got you yeah like absolutely. i think you just need you just need to hear that sometimes mm-hmm. you absolutely do and and you've been a man of your word <laughs> coming up <laughs> to help and encourage you know all of us i'm recording this because i'm gonna put clips on social media and um and share but absolutely you did and and in sharing that real moment it was something that we all could relate to because i had had it you know (laughs) oh my gosh and you know right after i recorded that reel i just remember calling my mom to say mom can you just pray for me today because i mean i don't know and my husband had to work somebody's got to pay the bills right yeah (laughs) He, he couldn't be there um, at that moment, but but we definitely need each other. Um, do you have any last words of encouragement that you would like to give to the parents that are listening? Yeah, for parents that are listening and everyone on this call, you're doing amazing. I don't care what anyone else has told you. You are doing amazing. You're literally doing like you you got called upon this journey and whatever it looks like, you're handling that and you're doing amazing whatever your circumstance is just know that your child one day is going to be so thankful that you are walking for them moving for them talking for them and doing for them so i just have to say you're doing a great job everybody keep doing what you're doing and let your child guide you that's it that's awesome i forgot i had sound effects here definitely um giving you a round of applause thank you so much for being here um like michael johnson your cousin i'll say (laughs) um i'm super excited to have the dads representing today because sometimes we just have a lack of that so i can't wait to just share the dad voice Uh, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to encourage today Rome. we appreciate you of course. I again thank you for the platform. Um, I have to drop and go back to work because yeah. we don't have nursing this weekend, so I got to get some stuff done. Yeah. But anybody and everybody, if you need anything, please reach out to me. Let me be an outlet, even if it's just a vent. Anything. Thank you all. Like literally, appreciate it. Praying for you all. Praying for all of your families. Strength and grace. Remember that grace. Thank you so much. All right, no we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. All righty, so next up, that was amazing, guys. Woo, this is encouraging me. Maybe I did this for myself, okay? Because <laughs> half the parents that bought the tickets are not even on right now. <laughs> so literally, woo, I'm so filled up. Man, that's, that was beautiful. So next, last but not least, we have Nikita Nelson. Nikita, are you there? I see you here. Look at you, beautiful. Hello. I can't hear you. But I see you. There you go. How are you? you? I am well. Good, good, good. Doing well. I'm going to take your picture. Um, Like I shared with everyone, I was recording. Um, I'm going to probably maybe put this on as a, a podcast episode and share clips of what you talk about um, on social media as well, okay? Okay. 
All right. Awesome. <laughs> so Nikita, will you tell us a little bit about you and about your daughter, another superstar? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, my name is Nikita Nelson and my daughter is Michelle Nelson. She's 24 years old and she has, um, Kridusha and Kridusha is she's missing her she has a P5 deletion of the chromosome so she's missing a part of her chromosome and that basically uh, left her special needs so it's like uh, you're missing half of your intelligence gene which um, in the olden days you know mentally enabled so although she's 24 she functions as a one-year-old um, she also has cerebral palsy, so her gait and her walking and all of that is limited, but she gets around. <laughs> She's uh, legally blind. She has uh, scoliosis and those are, she has autism as well. So, but those are like the top five diagnoses uh, that she has. And we are just, um, being the best parents that we can be to her yeah i'm actually looking at you and i'm hearing you describe your daughter and i and i literally have tears in my eyes why is because baby look at how beautiful you are right now right but it's like you just are a shining example of strength uh thank you yeah, and I've, you know, had the pleasure to talk to you many times in Clubhouse and hear you share over the past year as well. So, so I appreciate, um, you know, you sharing about your daughter. Um, Anytime. And yeah, and so, uh, like I've asked some of the parents here, um, just in doing research and learning about our mental health as parents raising children, with disabilities, what advice do you have on really, you know, us taking care of ourselves and our mental health and not, um, you know, falling into a deep depression? Okay, so you can learn from me. So I have, I had, I had two children with special needs. I had a child when I was 16 years old. He has special needs, and then Michelle is my second child. So I had back to back. My first two children, they had special needs, and I just basically dove in being like the best parent that I could be, not knowing that asking for help or taking a break or self-care, like that was needed. Like that's not what I heard from my grandparents. Um, they didn't, like self-care is something new to me. I'm learning that in my 40s. I did what had to be done and that, that was it. Like there were no, um, you going to the spa today and we're going to watch little Michelle. No, that, that still has not happened in, in 24 years. But I would say, get some, take, take time for yourself. Um, so I specialize in burnout. I've been burned out. Do you hear me? I've cared. I'm the only person who have, well, her father too, but we're the only person who have cared for Michelle. So, and my son. So there's like 28 years, there was like no breaks. So go on dates, go on vacation. Like, don't be like, we're very overprotective. Don't be so overprotective that you don't take time for yourself. That, that, that's number one. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to get a counselor. Don't, don't be afraid to seek professional help as well. Yeah, that has definitely been repeated here today um, about professional help. Um, and so can you talk about some of those harder times um, with Michaela? 
and how you've been able to, you know, um, just push through. It's literally, it's one day at a time. Um, I know my triggers um, with her. So um, if I'm having a day, I'll let my husband, you know, like, uh, can you handle Michelle today? But if he's not around because he's not always there, then I just, you know, I have to like just take deep breaths and I just have to deal with it. And in the in that time, I give myself a little grace because maybe I know her diaper needs changing, but I just still like she may be extra wet, like an extra 30 minutes or until I like, here I go again, you know, so. So it, it takes a lot. Um, Shayla has something called fecal smearing. So she plays in her poop. So you can wake up, get her dressed, feed her, go get yourself dressed and ready to go out the door because she can't tell you she needs to use the bathroom. So she, you'll go back in there and literally, like it could be in her hair, on her face, all over her clothes, in the bed, in the carpet, and you're on your way out the door. So those those are the moments you're talking about. Like, that's what I, yeah. my podcast, that's my breaking point. You know, like yeah. I have been broken. Like I am a crybaby. I cry about everything <laughs> and I didn't used to be that way, but I am so emotional now. But, um, I, I've learned to, through that, I've learned to protect my space. I can't spread myself thin because I have to give every ounce of me to her like me and my husband we even have a rule and i've i made the rule for a boundary for myself it's like i don't have time to argue or disagree with you like i'm not even talking about it i'm shutting it down i have no energy to give to you or this situation until we both have calm minds are thinking clearly because we have to focus on her mm -hmm. that that poop that fecal mm -hmm. smearing that takes me out yeah every time so yeah that's one of the moments i purposely asked that question because i wanted you to share that that part oh because, really <laughs> yeah yeah because you to me i'm like you are absolutely beautiful and oh, thank you behind that is so much strength that um, not one time did you have to deal with that right you're talking about 24 years 28 my son yeah 28 years yeah and so yeah and still standing and strong and then now empowering other parents and you decided to start a podcast yes yeah, so um so god had gave to me like 10 or 10 plus years ago to just everyone and first of all i do not like the role strong and strength i've heard that my whole life and i'm like i am not strong like that word bears so much you know and what i have endured i i just get up and go and i just do it you know like what else am i going to do i'm not i'm not a person that will give up on their children or i could never like give her away or i could never like neglect her it's like i have to give her and i have to give them all of me and that and that that does, sometimes doesn't leave anything for me from for me to have my own self. Mm -hmm. I there was a point in time. This is how I knew I was broken. When someone can say, "How are you?" and you just break down crying. 
because you don't even know how you are. How am mm -hmm. I? Oh, I matter? Like, how am I? Like, I got to think, like, oh, me. Like, how, how are you doing? Oh, like, that, that used to just, like, tear me down sometimes. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. I got off track. No, it's okay. You're right on track, okay? <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Um, and so what's the name of your podcast? Uh, my The name of my podcast is Beyond the Breaking Point. Uh, it was going to be called The Breaking Point because, listen, I've been at my breaking point so many times. Um, but I, I go beyond that. Like, still, um, I found myself in my 40s. Um, beyond the breaking point to me is, like, me owning my own store, me getting dressed up, me finding Nikita. Who are you? I'm a socialite. Mm -hmm. I love girls. I love... Um, I love getting dressed up. I love to be pretty. I love to make other women pretty. I love to encourage them. I love to dress them. I love hair. And every day I just try to be intentional about, about doing that or, or I would just be lost. And, um, I even, uh, before, before this, I had a childcare where I had special needs children that I would help the other moms take. I want to give you a break. So I, yeah. I did that for over 10 years. Like I had wow. a respite care and a special needs daycare. So wow. because I couldn't work, but I'm not a person who can't work and just going to say, oh, I'm going to be defeated and leave off of, live off of whatever SSI gives uh, our children or whatever. Like that's not mm -hmm. me, no. I, yeah. I want more. I desire more. Who I am is more, which I yeah. don't think. I think like once we have, um, once our children get a diagnosis, it's like we get a sentence. Like we sentence yeah. ourselves, you know. Wow. And like you have to. Mm. You have to. You have to like just just overcome it. I mean, yeah. we get so broken, and 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 this is during a pandemic. There are five families uh, who actually they killed they killed they killed their children. Mm. Wow! And that this is common though, mm -hmm. and their children had special needs. And I, you may have seen it, it was a lady um, last summer. She pushed her autistic son in the lake, mm. and. Um, and I think she, I want to say she told her husband or someone she had got kidnapped, but somebody had filmed it. But it had wow. happened, of course, of times like over the pandemic, they mm -hmm. broke. Yeah. They, they were at the break. They broke. Mm -hmm. Like it's something in there. That yeah. Can only take so much. We're human. Yeah. And, and I was asking God, like, why is this, you know, I pray for them. Like, why are they on my heart? Like, that could have been me. I right. could have broken like i don't know like i've been following their stories and i don't know what made them break mm -hmm. but i just thank god that like i can go beyond the breaking point so i want to talk yeah. to families who wow. get to breaking point like mm -hmm. i like my breaking point i cry or i drink wine mm -hmm. and you know like that's me broken i just need a minute but if <laughs> if if my crying or drinking wine was getting rid of my kid, it could have been me. Like, right, right. There's yep. no respecter of person. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So that is beyond the breaking point. I want to talk to parents who get broken mm -hmm. and are at that point. And how can I get you beyond that point 
or if you're already beyond that point, let's encourage some more families and women and dads. Let, let's go beyond the breaking point. Let's find out what that looks like for you. I'm here to help Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So beautiful. So beautiful, Nikita. Thank um, you. Before we um, end, can you share with us what has been your greatest resource in raising your children? My greatest resource in raising my children. Besides God. Mm. <laughs> God who, when I was in my mother's womb, planned out this life for me and is trying to see that what I'm going to do with it. My son, well, you Camille know, but they don't know. So my son passed in March. Wasn't sick, no health issues, died of a heart attack at 28. That, it wasn't a breaking point, but that was a switch because it could have been me. I'm the elder. We don't supposed to bury our children. Our children are supposed to bury us. But God gave me this vision to help moms and dads and families. And I'm like, no, I'm not helping. I want to be cute. Mm -hmm. I want to be, you know, like, that's not who I am. <laughs> I don't want to, like, help them. Like, that's not what I'm doing. But when my son passed away, and I'm like, if that was me, then God, is God going to say, well done? Mm. No, because what did right. I do with what he gave me? He gave me two two of his angels, two special needs children, so that my life could help others' lives. And I said no, mm. because that's not what Nikita wanted to do. Right. So my biggest resource, I would say, is just leaning on him mm -hmm. and not to my own understanding mm -hmm. and using the resources that he has provided in the world for us, which are friends, which is mm -hmm. therapy and just different things like that. Wow, thank you so much. I, I'm just so sitting welcome. here like physically my heart, like literally listening to all of you guys that came on to encourage today. I know for a fact that I thought this was for other parents when I just said half of them paid and didn't even come on. It is for me. Oh my goodness. I said, I'm going to click end and I'm going to ball and cry. Listen. Literally. These I'm, so gotta stay. Oh, I'm so full. I'm so full of encouragement today. Just looking at every last one of y'all, Dana, uh, Michael, and Shamika, Rome, you, Nikita, um, and we have Jill that's on listening. I'm so encouraged um, by just every little bit. And I'm recording this, um, so I'll share the pieces, but. But thank you all so much for just coming on and taking time out of your day to encourage. We need each other. Um, and what what was just displayed today was community, strength, and voices. Um, so anything else, Nikita, before we close, I'm going to ask whoever's on, um, Michael and Shamika, if you have any closing words. And Dana, I know Rome had to go back to work. But um, do you have anything else you'd like to say, Nikita? Um, I'll just say just stay encouraged. Um, give yourself some grace. One day at a time, um, like Camille said, this is a community. Build a community. Have people that you know you can go to, talk to, vent to, like release point, and just keep the good fight of faith. Wow! Thank you so much. You're so welcome, um, Dana. 
Thank you, Camille. You're welcome. Yeah, I just want to say really quickly, there's power in telling your story and your full story. I fully believe when we tell our story, our truth, we allow other people to be seen and tell their own story. And I think when we start telling it, our own truth, our stories, other people feel validated and they can tell their own truth. Um, so I just encourage people to get in a place where you're comfortable with your truth enough to tell it because someone needs to hear that story to know that they're not alone. Um, my heart really broke when um, you just spoke about the mothers because I was following two of those stories. And like you said, it could have been one of us. Um, and that's why I'm so adamant of telling my truth. You know, I'm not worried about how I'm portrayed or how someone may think or, you know, where they think I should be in my story because I know when I tell my truth, someone else, hey, I'm going through that too. There's never not been a time where I've shared some bit of my story where someone's just, I just can't relate at all. Um, and so when, when we have these safe spaces, when we tell our stories, we normalize the fact that we're real people beyond here doing this. Um, and so I just encourage people to continue to tell your story, have platforms like this where we can just share openly because all of our experiences have been different. But at the end of the day, the common denominator, are we're just parents out here committed to doing the best we can by these kids. Um, and so I just, I find so much community in that, but I just always encourage people, please tell your story. Once you're at a place where you can tell it, tell it because someone needs to hear that. And they need to know that they're not crazy. They're, they're not judged. They're not alone. Um, we can save so many more people by just saying, mama, you're not alone. You know, your, your child's not the only one doing that. Uh, and so I, that, that's really the part that I really wanted to share. And I really connected with everyone's story. I'm here at work, so I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but I had to stay on because yeah. everyone's story was just so different. And I brought a different perspective. But that bottom line is like, we're just committed to these kids, right? Like yeah. we're committed to these kids. We're committed to the community. We're committed to reaching behind us and helping those parents be in that support that we wish we had. So mm -hmm. um, thank you, Camille, for having me. And thank you for all sharing your stories. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dana, uh, for being here. I love you so much. Michael and Shamika. I think uh, right now, uh, I, I know that you shared that you feel like this this was just really speaking to you. It's spoken to us as well in a very heavy space for me and what a blessing this is. I remember us being younger parents and going through the diagnosis and really feeling like, what? And you really didn't have these outlets. You know, social media wasn't as prevalent back when JR was three years old. And this is just amazing. And Camille, I have to say, as we talk about resources, you are invaluable as a resource for a family uh, worldwide, not just nationwide, worldwide. And I'm just grateful to hear everyone's story here today. It has been it, it's been some flashbacks for us, <laughs> truly some flashbacks for us. Um, but it's just been a wonderful, a wonderful overall piece to be a part of. So again, thank you so much for having us. And I agree. Thank you all for sharing your stories. It, 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 it does validate what you're going through or what you've been through. It, it validates that you're not crazy, number one. Let, let's just let's just put it out there. You're not crazy. You're not crazy. You're not alone. And I'm grateful for the forum to be able to have these women 
speak up, these dads speak up and say, hey, we know what you're going through. So thank you, Camille, for bringing this to the forefront for those that truly need it. You're welcome. I just want to say thank you, Well, um, This was a, a great, this is a great platform and uh, please continue it. And everyone that's on the call uh, that have podcasts and that's participating, please continue thank to you. do what you're doing. Um, we also have our son, so um, we're continuing the, the, the fight. You know, he's not here. We want to still try to help out as many families that we can. Um, that's why we started our foundation, you know, so that was the, the real reason, you know, you know, um, and, and as well as continuing his name too. So we want, our son died unexpectedly, had nothing to do with his illnesses or anything. Um, so we feel that we wanted to start this foundation to help our family and to and just to make sure that his he didn't die in vain. So you know what I'm saying. So that that's kind of how we are. And we just want to thank you for the platform and everybody that's that's been on it. Um, you know, it, it's it's a great thing and just keep continuing. Amen. Wow. All right, guys. Well, this is it. Woo! I can't even explain to you how I feel. I'm just like. Wow, God, here you, here you go. You, here I am. Come and come to this afternoon of encouragement. Guys, like, no, no, you need, you need something. So I got something from every last one of you guys, and I love you dearly. I'll be sharing, like I said, I'm going to see how I can chop this up and, and share it. Um, if you didn't send me a picture of yourself, send me a picture. Um, I will put something together um, with you guys on it, so um i won't hold you any longer thank you so much jill i hope that you enjoy